repeats, repeats, bloody repeats. You can't get away from them. And certainly not in the WWE because Hell in a Cell was very much what we've seen before. Apparently, it's hell. Sponsored by Skittles. Okay. So let me go through these matches just quickly and I will only be telling you what is special in them. First of all, we've seen it before. First up, Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns. We saw it at the last pay-per-view. Same thing happened except in a cell. Jey Uso was brutalised. Only good thing in this was that they used the strap on each other, which then became a de facto strap match for a little while. In the end, the referee called it. Roman won't stop. Jimmy comes out pretty much like he did in the last pay-per-view. Please stop, Roman. You've got what you wanted. Stop. Roman leaves after trying to get the steps over the over the top rope, not being able to do it. Has a bit of fun with his other brother. Um, that's about it, really. Apart from, on commentary, they said, Jimmy had surgery on his knee, and now he's been put in the guillotine. Yeah, well, I'm not quite sure the neck bone's connected, connected to the knee bone. I don't know about that. Anyway, up to the next match, which is what we've seen before, because it's Elias who's back. Oh, God. And he's got an EP out, which I'll be no doubt reviewing with a really sad inevitability. Versus Jeff Hardy for reasons. Does the same thing that Seamus Shameless has been doing. Repeats, repeats, repeats. Look at Jeff Hardy. Doesn't he drink a lot? Doesn't he take drugs? Oh, isn't it awful? Nothing of excitement in this match whatsoever. In the end, Elias wins by DQ because Jeff hits him with the rigged guitar. Meh. The Hurt Locker. The Hurt Business. The Hurt Locker is the new name for the full Lashley. And I'm so glad they changed that nasty, nasty name. The Hurt Business versus One of Retribution. One of the interesting things about this is that they take the piss out of Retribution openly in the back on camera with no one making any comments about it. Just shows you how little they care about Retribution in the WWE very, very quickly. Well, they choose the one with the funny mask, Slap Dick or Splash Dick, whatever he's called. Splashback, I don't know. So anyway, Splashback's got a problem with his mask. He's fiddling with it every single time he hits the mat just to make sure it doesn't come off and we see who it is. Because I, it, it, I reckon it's Bob Backlund. What do you think? Oh, I don't know. What do you do? Could it be? Oh, I don't know. Is it? Is it Gotch? I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh, I don't know about that. Ooh, no, no, who, could, who could it be? I don't care who it is. This was a crap match. Nothing happened apart from a nice DDT by Splash Dick. That's it. In the end, I can't even remember who wins because it doesn't really matter. I think it was Lashley with the Hurt Locker. In the end, Retribution come out with Mustafa Ali. Um, and the Hurt Business come out. And that is that. Oh, yes. Otis versus The Miz. Right, I'm sick and tired of this. And I'm so pleased that it's over. At first, you've got Otis versus The Law. And it's a ridiculous Judge Judy type thing with JBL as the 
as the uh, as the judge and uh, um, the person doing all the writing down of all the stuff. Teddy Long, holler player, holler, etc., etc. And they want to desperately parody legitimate TV, but they want to be legitimate rather than sports entertainment, but they can't do that entertainment stuff and that comedy stuff very well, but they've got an excuse because they're sports entertainment, not entertainment, but they want to be entertain. You can see how this doesn't work, can't you? Neither did the match. Morrison tries, Morris, Miz tries quite hard. Morrison's with him as well. Tucker's out there too. Didn't really go anywhere particularly. Otis is a blue-collar hero and... People are into him. Oh, yeah, he's quite good and all of that. Morrison is ejected for trying to use the uh, Money in the Bank um, lunchbox on Otis. But Tucker stays there. Why? Because he's going to turn on Otis. And we knew this was happening because we saw this happen a few weeks ago. When he got the legal papers, Otis that is, he said, looks like we're in trouble. And Tucker said... No, looks like you're in trouble. We knew it was going to happen, and it was bound to happen here. Miz and Morrison are interviewed afterwards, and then Tucker is interviewed. Why did you do it? Well, unfortunately, this is his big chance to do the, I carried this team and everybody wants Otis apart from me. Now, it's called the Caterpillar. Don't call it the Worm, mate, for a start. But he doesn't have the requisite anger or doesn't have the disconnected. He doesn't go for anything. He tries to wind up for a bit of anger, doesn't have enough, so it does look like uh, uh, I just did it because I was told to by Pritchard and Vince. They told me to do it, so I did it. That's that done. Main event. I'm leaving one match out because that was superb. But the main event. And we've seen it before. In the meat wagon or the ice cream wagon or whatever it was match. And other matches before then. It's Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. Hurrah, hurrah. Are there no other wrestlers on the roster who could... Fo- oh, yeah, there is one. Keith Bleeding Lee. Where's he? Anyway, this was in a cell, so it must be better. No, no, not really. Nothing of any interest and consequence until Orton goes up the side of the cell, gets on the top of the cell, invites McIntyre up. McIntyre says, that's the way it's going to be, is it? Yeah, brother, all right. Gets up there as well. This is interesting. Orton's got a pipe. Not not one you smoke. That would be interesting as well. If you stood there having a bit of a bowl. I'll just have a bit of a pipe and then we'll carry on. No, he's got a, a lead pipe, which he swings, misses. Um, McIntyre jumps on him. Fisticuffs ensue. And Orton very quickly thinks, I don't want to be up here, I want to be down the side. And don't get up there in the first place, you dick. Anyway, they crawl down the side, both of them. There's very little they can do because they can't really get a foothold. It's very difficult to do that. Badly planned. All they can do is kind of hit each other on the side as if they're saying, hello, hello. Well, one of these very slight love taps makes makes McIntyre fall off. He falls back from about 10 feet. It's an impressive bump through the announce table. The cameras miss it. So we have to see it in replay over and over again as a mea culpa because they missed it. McIntyre is selling it as if he's um, probably punctured a lung in some way. 
and he's got a blood capsule back in the ring. He hooks up so he's not that injured. Gets, tries for the Claymore. The RKO out of nowhere. Randy Orton wins. I'm not bothered. And I'm not bothered because I really believed in Drew McIntyre. I think he's a great, great athlete. I think he's great on the mic. And I think, as I've said before, he could be a tweener champion and could make him a lot of money. But they've not booked him correctly. They booked him in a sort of, maybe he will lose type way. And that is something that doesn't make for strong champions, as you know. Unless they're a heel champion, like Bailey, which we're coming to in a minute. I think they booked him so badly that I detect he doesn't even believe it himself. When he loses the belt and Orton is, wa- is holding it up the walkway and you look at, you, you, you get a camera shot of McIntyre, it looks as if he's saying, oh gosh darn it, oh blimey, would you believe it, eh? Lost the title, oh dear. He doesn't look pissed off to have lost the title or devastated. He just looks like he's playing it. And I don't think he really believes it, to be honest. One big move in that match. The going up to the top of the hell in a cell was bloody ridiculous. Not very good. And so, to the only good match here. And it was a, it was a cracker. A flaming barn burner. This is a match we've been waiting to see. Banks and Bailey. I've never been that hot on Banks, but I am a lot more now. Always been hot on Bailey. She delivers all the time. She's a great heel. This had some fabulous moves in it. And I will be talking about some of these because it's worthwhile. There's an early Banks statement and some nice kendo stick work. We really hit the first big move when Banks hits a meteora upper collapse table onto Bailey by the steel. That is great. Then Bailey is under the table, kicks it up at, at, at Banks, and then there are knees to Bailey to the steel from the apron. There are kendo sticks attached between the ring steps and the steel. Banks suffers a drop toe hold through them and then has her neck catapulted into them. Banks is powerbombed against the steel. Bailey hits a sunset flip into a chair in the corner. And then Bailey flies with an elbow from the top, really like a macho man. Wonderful to see it. Banks hits a backstabber straight into a bank statement, really smooth. And Bailey and then hits Banks's face, that beautiful face apparently, right into the ring steel. She 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 uh, ties her up in the apron and smacks her face into the steel around the ring. Then gets some duct tape out, two kendo sticks. Can't find the beginning of the duct tape. Ask the ref if he'll help. The ref says, "No, I won't help you to do that." Great moment. Ties two kendo sticks together, puts them between the ring and the steel. But they don't really get used because over the other side of the ring, Banks sets off a fire extinguisher in Bailey's face. I love that spot. Dangerous though it is, I love it. 
Then a ladder comes in. There's a ladder put between two chairs. Banks goes face first into it. And Bailey then takes a can of spray paint and spray paints an X on her to mark the spot. But Banks hits a meteora off the ladder, hits a Bailey to belly on the ladder. And then it's a bit of a nasty counter, a bit fluffed, but Banks hits the bank statement with a chair and she's stomping on that chair. Lovely, so brutal. That's what they wanted to show. It's a tap. Banks is your champion. What a stupendous match. Great innovative moves. They used the steel. There was humour in it. There was some great, great new offence. They kicked out and broke out some old favourites. And these two are such strong characters. What a stupendous match. Overshadowed everything else. Because Hell in a Cell is really only a 3 out of 5. It's nothing special. The steel wasn't utilised that well. It just shows what you can do when you open your mind to using it and you work well together. But it also shows what you can do when you try to shoehorn a big move into it and it doesn't really come off. Eh, Randy? It's a real shame. And it repeats again. And I'm sick and tired of seeing Roman Reigns brutalising his cousin. Please stop. I'm not asking about Jimmy Uso. Please stop. Oh, no, please go on. I don't want you to do it anymore. I'm just telling you, for the love of God, for the love of God, stop this feud. I like Roman as he is now, but I won't like him much more if he doesn't do something else. I like McIntyre but not the way he's utilised by the WWE. I like Banks. Now, she's shown me something good, but Bailey is a standout star. And I hope they're going to go somewhere huge with her without this belt. Otherwise, this is a bore. And it's one of the reasons why people are leaving and why people are not watching. When you sit on your laurels, you better not make it an Olympic sport. Ta-ta!